Go, man. Uh, just go. Just go. Just uh, let him. You're rip. listening uh, to the audit with Dave Anthony and another guy. That that would be me. podcast is brought to you by The Lever, the award-winning, reader-supported, investigative news outlet. If you'd like to support our show, there's a bunch of ways you can do it. Go to levernews.com slash audit. First, you can become a paid supporter to The Lever. This is going to give you access to our bonus content, as well as The Lever premium podcast feed with extended interviews, tons of special bonus content of their other shows. Uh, but if you'd like to, you can also just make a one-time contribution that goes to me and Dave and our droogies at the Corova Milk Bar. Uh, you can leave us a tip at levernews.com audit. You'll see a button for the tip jar that'll take you to our Venmo page or just go to our Venmo page. Uh, we are at the audit uh, at Venmo under businesses. You can also follow us at the audit podcast and email us, especially if you have, because there's so many of these goddamn things. We have not been able to watch all of them, nor would we want to. But if you find particularly egregious and hilarious uh, Prager U clips and you want us mm -hmm. to take a look at them, Send them to us at theauditpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Dave will watch that. all of them. He loves this. He loves these things. Right? Yeah. Sure. Um, we always like to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world uh, the week we're recording this, just so you know that we didn't record these a year ago. We, we've got uh, we got a presidential race. We've got this Donald, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Which is a the thing, uh, it's brand new. It's a novelty act. I have no idea. Yeah. People are very excited. Lightning round. Uh, Trump, Biden, Who's who do you pick? Who's going to win? How much? How excited <laughs> are you? Does it really in the long run matter? Because they're both so great. Um, it's good to have, um, it's good to have people voting against a death cult by being a death cult. Yeah, well, I've just never seen this level of excitement in general amongst Americans. Uh, it's, <laughs> there are parties. I can hear them now. Uh, the the no, this is this is what, this is a dead. This is a a dead a democracy. Uh, like it's astounding to me that if I am a member of a party, which I am a member of neither of these parties. But if I remember of a party and I looked at my field and I said, oh, nobody likes my guy yeah. or they do like him, but they're done. They don't want him anymore because they yeah. have concerns. One of the concerns being currently we have a senator in our Senate who uh, has just terrible dementia. 
And when we voted for her, she didn't. She was uh, around not, the um, same age. Um, wait, oh, sorry. Are you pretending to be someone other than? I mean, we knew Diane no, but she didn't was have, gone the last time we voted for her. No, she, she wasn't gone in her last election. Was, Absolutely stumbling. not. She was stumbling. But there's a very big difference between now and then. She doesn't okay. know where she is anymore. She, like she, she clearly had her hand on the doorknob the last time she ran. She has yeah, now opened there's the door, a, walked through it, and okay. she's not coming back. Okay. I'm with you. Right. Uh, so the fact that a lot of Americans have that as a concern, we shouldn't be electing 80 year old people to be president. Um, but also when a guy says, I'm not going to run, I'm going to run once I'm not going to mm-hmm. run again. And then he does. That's a problem. When that guy clearly lied to everyone under 40 and said things like, I'll cancel the student loans. We'll take care of the environment. A lot of things that were not true. Most so he's alienated. So he's alienated a lot of, of voters. Right. Um, the worst being the union members. Um, I don't know how, as a member of that party, you go, yeah, this is the guy. I just, I watch it and I don't know what they're well, doing. I, guess, I don't know what's, what's crazy them. to me. Cause there are people who claim to be, and, and I'm a big fan of in politics, sort of take people at their, at their, take them, take them at their word. When they tell you they're enthusiastic about a candidate, it's like, okay, there's a percentage of you that are, however, we know for a fact, there are so many polls, the numbers keep getting worse. The majority of Democrats don't want him to run. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say for the record, by the way, just to be really clear, Dave and I, we would happily live in a Joe Biden presidency for the rest of our lives. We love the guy. Uh, he's, he's a beautiful <laughs> man. He's kind. He's compassionate. His policies are everything we could possibly ever want. But we don't matter because the majority of Democrats and the overwhelming majority of Americans don't want him to run. And then you got Trump, who's got this thing going where I guess the majority of Republicans want him to run, but I think at least as many, if not more, oh. Americans don't don't want him to run. Uh, and a big chunk of Republicans now don't want him to run. He's not like he's not like right. sweeping the table like he did before. Well, no, but he would win the primary easily. He would win the him. primary, but that doesn't right. it, if you no, no, if you've lost twenty five percent, you have a problem. Yeah, exactly. But historically yeah. speaking, and this I guess I'll give him credit, because the one thing these people always do is they keep it interesting, they keep it new. Historically speaking, uh, even though they're a minority party, when your Republican candidate has a lot of enthusiasm behind them and your Democratic candidate does not, your Republican candidate wins. Take a look yeah. at twenty sixteen, for instance. Um, so I, I'm again, loved her. I would happily live under hers, her administration for the rest of my life, but Hillary Clinton was a historically unpopular candidate. Uh, people did not like her. They, uh, but people did like Trump, um, fewer people, but that's all you need. If you're a Republican, that's how you end up. They keep winning uh, every election. They've won the 21st century. They have, uh, they've lost the popular vote, yeah. but this time you have something a little bit different. Because even though there's wild unenthusiasm for Joe Biden, it does the enthusiasm for Trump is is balanced out by the fact that a lot of Americans really fucking hate him. I guess what I'm saying yeah. is, for once, I think that formula is not as ironclad as it used to be, and uh, it it could be anybody's game. There so is that'll no, be fun. There is no <laughs> there is no formula. There's no formula. People can say all kinds of different things, but there's a a bunch of factors in this 
that have not really been there before. And the biggest one is COVID. Right. Um, The the last election was unique because of that. And everybody who thinks um, that that's not a thing anymore, 52% of voters believe we're still in a pandemic. So you can say it's not over. But and again, for the record, Dave and I both very much believe we are not. COVID is over. Joe Biden <laughs> has defeated it. And we would be happy to continue living in Joe Biden's America without COVID. So we're not taking a position here. We're just giving you facts, folks. Now, I've said this. And I've been saying this for a little while. To get me to vote for your candidate, your candidate has to have not specifically put my child's health and safety in harm's way. And unfortunately, there is no candidate in this race that has done that. So you can say, so now we've gotten to the point where where the other guy is worse, has now gotten down to the other guy is less worse by actively being okay with my child being harmed. So you've lost me. I'm not, I'm not voting for either one of these guys. I'm just like you so cannot you cannot here's bring me to vote for you, a man who forced my kid into school yeah. unsafely. You no, I, I agree. But here's here's where I check out a little bit in, in, in the best way I think. It's because one of the mistakes people make, you see it on social media all the time, is like you're gonna argue with me about my position as though that's gonna have some impact on the election. Here's another yeah. reality about uh, Dave and uh, and myself. Uh, we live in California. Doesn't matter. Um, I am going to illegally vote for Dave Anthony nine times. He's going to illegally vote for me 15 times. And guess what? Joe Biden's going to win California. So it doesn't matter if you reach him or you reach me. The question I have. Let me me say this. Yeah, go ahead. If we lived in Michigan. Yeah. And the vote was down to one guy. Mm -hmm. And that guy was me. I -hmm. would not vote for either one of them. Right. But this is what I'm asking. Because let's also factor out California. Let's also factor in the fact that we are two dipshits who have podcasts, who spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff, who are who are terminally online, who follow it, who know people. What is your sense of, you know, as you say, the majority of Americans still believe uh, uh, that uh, COVID is a thing. Are they actively connecting that to the current administration? And are they actively pissed about it? Or are they, as a lot of people I know, somehow aware of the fact that it's still going on, but refusing to connect the dots? Well, there's, there's, there's all those. That's a whole group of, those are different people. Is there a large group of people who are angry? Yeah, there are. And they're still, but a lot of them, I'm saying a lot of them are still blaming Trump. A lot of them are angry. Nope, 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 nope. There's a large group of people who are, who are left or liberals who are angry at Biden. There is a right, large about, group of people you just described. About COVID. There, there's, yeah, there's different exactly. okay. large groups of COVID. You just described right. one. I described another. But right. if you're immunocompromised, sure. are you going to vote for Joe Biden? Do you want to live in your house for another four years? I know, gonna I, vote know three people, I know three people who fit that bill uh, who, who are going to vote for him. Yeah. Well, those people, but those people but aren't. Again, now the, but again, those are the people you're talking about. But then I'm talking about the people right. I know who aren't going to. Like right. I know, I know people who aren't because of yeah. this. They, they. Just I'm, just, I'm wondering, like, is there, you know, if if we know anything of of, you know, has there been polling on that? I, don't, I mean, all this stuff. No. Like, how how Here's is this the stuff thing. playing? Right. No, exactly. they will not poll on it. They right. absolutely will not. This is something they're not going to poll on because 
the business interests, exactly the right. political interests. Nobody wants to know, and they, so they're not going to ask the question. They're never. This question is never going to be asked. Right. But there is a there is a large. Even if and people are saying how large. Even if it's just ten percent, yep. you just lost the election. But that's if they so just stay I, home. They're certainly not going to come out and vote for Trump. No, that, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. That's not how Democrats lose elections. Right. They lose by they lose elections home. by people staying home. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who I serve with and I've been serving with for years. And he's a big he's political science major, big politics guy, big liberal. And we talk all the time when we're out surfing and uh, and he knows all the problems and he knows all the issues and and he just goes, yeah, but I'm still going to vote for him. Right. And today we were surfing and he said, yeah, I might start doing what you're doing from now on. <laughs> and I said, what? And he goes, just focus on the city council meetings. Yeah. Yeah. You're losing people left and fucking right. And you, they just don't realize it. This election is the, no one knows what's going to happen. Yeah. It is a, it is a epic clusterfuck of, uh, it's like all the chickens coming home to roost, all of them picking old people to be your, your guys having rapists, having uh, just the most corrupt fucking people, not listening to your constituents, telling your constituents to fuck off. Like the, the, the running, running a guy who's bullshit. being actively prosecuted for crimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Actively yeah, prosecuted for crimes. It's like, <laughs> at this, the whole thing is just it, it is such a fucking shit show and people who are like oh but i like biden okay so you're you want roe versus wade to be le- you want abortion to be legal but but a hundred thousand cops on the street to prosecute people and 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 go after women who are getting illegal abortion. you're also for that like you're the whole thing. But then, is, uh, by the way, you brought that up, and that's disaster. the interesting thing that we saw in in uh, the last the last go round. Um, clearly, clearly, as you know, as expected, but but to a greater degree than that, um, you know, the gutting of Roe had a major impact on an election. Dude. That is the thing where people actually were like, "Oh, I'm I'm going out and I'm voting against." Hold hold on. <clears throat> So that's a factor too, but yeah, what? But yes, but what the other big factor in the last presidential election was what? COVID. It was COVID. Yeah. So now, so now, where are we? There's always been this thing in this country where, or not always, but for a very long time, where the right there there's a particular issue, and the right goes hysterical, and so you can't as a intelligent person you can't have a discussion because the right has created a hysterical position and and you can't just go like no we need to do this with jobs or whatever because they're over there right. going they're hiring gay people or whatever the fuck right. they're doing well that's what COVID is now right the right's hysterical and some of the left and you can't just sit down and talk about it and I feel like that's sort of the case with a lot of stuff with Biden. You just can't have any sort of conversation about these things. Someone brought up Fauci on the, one of the dollop pages mm-hmm. and were and they were like, look, the guy's a saint. And they went through all this stuff. And I was just like, it's complicated. 
And I'm not going to discuss it with you because the right wing is like Fauci's got devil horns. Right. And the Democrats are like, he's a saint. No, he's a it's it's a nuanced thing. He's got some problems. He did some things that were not great. He's done some things that are very good. It's very fucking complicated. But you cannot have that discussion. You can't have any of these discussions. No, that, I mean, it's literally, it's one of those subjects where if you run into someone who is a fanatic on either side of that particular discussion, it's like, I'm, I'm out. I know grown people who like, I guess there are songs about him that they like to sing about how wonderful he is and, you know, I mean, what, a, what a study is. And you're just like, I, I can't, this is not a human being who's taking any of this shit seriously. But um, yeah, but no, it's just that all this stuff is factoring in, and in a weird way, as much as I was saying yeah. this is a whole different thing, it's also kind of the whole. It's a, it's also kind of the same thing as 2016, because in 2016, the fact was Dave called it early, but I would say to most of us, the, the, each party, I've never seen this before. The Democrats ran, as far as I'm concerned, the one candidate who could possibly lose to Donald Trump, but the yes. Republicans ran the one candidate who could possibly lose to Hillary Clinton. And we're kind of in that situation again. We've just arrived here in a very different way with much more complicated factors feeding into it. But it really is anybody's guess at this point. And that's fucking insane. You should be able to, without hammering my beloved Democrats and my beloved Joe Biden and and every good thing they stand for. And oh my God, sweet, sweet, sweet Nancy Pelosi. You should be able to clobber any of these guys. You should be able to take Trump out in your sleep. You should be able to take Ron DeSantis out in your sleep. It should not be difficult. We know how to do it. And yet yeah. here we are. And and then, of course, the question is how much of this is just feeding the media? Because, of course, if we were in that situation, if we were running somebody who could just clobber Donald Trump in their sleep, uh, they'd have to come up with programming for the next couple of years. I mean, I can't tell you how many, because I live in, you know, a lib, a lib town. Yep. And I cannot tell you how many of them have said to me, I cannot believe Biden's going to run again. Yeah. yeah. All of them. I haven't met. Yeah. There's only two Democrats I know who are very excited about Joe Biden running again. But most really? of them I, are like, I know none. <laughs> family members, two family members. But most of mm-hmm. them are like. My sister texted me this morning a minute Biden announced and she was like, well, who the fuck am I supposed to vote for? You've, they've lost so many just standard Democrats all my life. I vote D and a lot of those people are just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? What do you want me to do? Like this is, this is worse than 2016. Because this just goes to show they don't give a shit about their own constituents. Every single policy choice Biden made about COVID went against what Democrats believed. Mm-hmm. Masking, airplanes, across the board, every single fucking thing, Democrats believed 80% the other way. Yeah. So they he's had to gone be against. They sending people free tests. I mean, that was. Yeah. He's gone completely against his base. So, well, this is just the craziest election to me. I I mean, I I really think like we have very much a Reagan situation in that um, he doesn't care what he's doing in there. He likes playing president. Um, The guys running it are businessmen. Zeitz is uh, Zeitz could be could be in Reagan's cabinet. He's a terrible, terrible human being. And he's the chief of staff. 
And as soon as he started, he got over and took over. Then they're passing. Then they're getting Willow through. They're doing all the shit, all the terrible business stuff. As soon as that guy got in there, it, it flipped a switch. And it was like, tell every constituency to go fuck themselves tomorrow. Um, so I don't know what it's going to be like. I also don't know, like in the age of COVID, uh, running old people for office. I'm sorry. It's oh. stupid. You could die. That candidate could die or become several times. Yeah. Like that candidate could die or just, or just get some terrible condition. He could have a cognitive issue tomorrow from COVID. You can't run old people during COVID. Get Joe the Biden? fuck over it. Like, I'm sorry. Joe Biden, won't have, I, Joe yeah. Biden will never have cognitive issues. I, I don't worry about that with him. Yeah. Not a thing, but it's like you know, if you want to live in a world where you want to act like COVID's over, that's great. But you can't do this. You don't get to have eighty-year-olds run for office anymore. You're done. It's ageism? I don't give a shit. It's their fucking. It's their immunity issues. It's not ageism. Uh, that's who it's dies. It's, it's it's that's who fucking dies. So don't yeah. run a don't run a fucking old person if you're gonna act like COVID's fine. Fuck off. It's stupid. It's idiotic. And you know the way everything has gone, ev- the way every single thing has played out over the past 10 fucking years, that whatever's going to happen, it's going to be really bad, and it's going to be right before the election. Whether Joe has a fucking stroke or he 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 gets COVID or whatever the fuck happens, you know what's going to happen to the Democrats because they set themselves up for this shit by not taking care of business. And taking care of business means getting rid of Joe Biden and getting someone slightly young in there. It doesn't matter if it's Pete. Pete would make Pete's the same thing as Biden. Just fucking throw one of your assholes in there. I don't care. But it's just crazy to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now it's getting weird, too. With uh, uh, It's frustrating because, um, you know, uh, there's a lot I like about Marianne Williamson. She's obviously not going to win. I don't think she thinks she's going to win. I think she's involved in a project that is building a, hopefully a coalition over years. And I have to get over the yeah. part of me that doesn't think we're going to be around for that. And uh, uh, to me, it's pointless to get in. You, know, you get in conversations with people like, well, she doesn't stand a chance. I'm like, that's not the point. It's frustrating that she won't be able to get up and debate Biden. Cause I think she do incredibly, but then there seems to be this other cog that they've thrown in. And I see a lot of people on the left uh, on the actual left kind of not getting it or claiming not to get it, but, RFK Jr. and Marianne Williamson are not the same thing. I said this the other day, and it has since been borne out. RFK Jr.'s campaign is being financed massively by right-wing interests. He yeah, is, of course it is. He is first and foremost an anti-vaxxer. And I'm, I'm talking OG. I'm talking back back in the, yeah. the, the old days, pre-COVID. There is a body count to his stupidity. He is yeah. a dangerous fucking lunatic and i am completely fine with not allowing him on a stage no matter how much of a how much of a polling interest they buy for him but it gets tough then because how do you how do you do that how do you say the democrats should have debates they should put marianne up there with joe biden and they should not put rfk up there because he's crazy no they should put them all up i'm just i'm not a fan of platform josh you, you don't get to babysit anymore. If everyone wants to be this fucking dumb, let them be this dumb. Like if everyone not, if people don't want to take the vaccine, if they don't want to take vaccines, let them. Yep. It doesn't, well, it doesn't matter anymore. If they want to have debates and go up there and say, don't take the vaccine, go for it. We live in a country where it's every person for themselves. There is no government looking out for my health and safety whatsoever. So, 
they can go up there and say whatever shit they want anymore. It doesn't fucking matter. He should be on the stage. She should be on the stage. And the fact that you have an 80 year old and you don't want him to debate in a primary and he's going to have to debate in the fucking general is maybe the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life as far yeah. as elections go. Meanwhile, I get Trump not wanting to. Trump, I'm not going to show up to a fucking debate. Why should I? It's like, that's a, at least the thing with Trump is that he's always upfront being the most dishonest human being who's ever run for office. He's also weirdly the most honest. Trump's like, why, His, why the fuck? He has, he has the majority of support of Republicans. Right. He, the, yeah. the problem is Joe Biden doesn't. Doesn't. No, I know. It's a, it's a huge, so it's, it's a, a huge problem. problem. Uh, and you have to disconnect somehow emotionally if you're going to like pay attention to it it has to turn into a and you know uh, we're going to have to sit through another election where they're going to pretend like you know democracy's on the line and it's like you can't how many times do you get to do that you want to try it three times four times five times like how many times important election of our lifetime coming up it's the most important election of our lifetime if you care about democracy you'll vote you'll give us money You'll give us money. Yeah, us money. I, they're gonna they're gonna run into a real problem because I think a lot of people on the left are out. Yeah, just like I say, just like I say, you have to explain to me why I should vote for someone who puts my child in harm's way every day of his life. With them, you have to now explain to people who are under twenty five why should I vote for a guy who's going who's ending my ability to live on this planet. No, it's not like these aren't, these aren't hard questions. These are, these are just very basic things that your, your candidate is running to make the planet worse. And he can say, I got stopped by whatever. And it doesn't matter. You're, you're doing willow. You're passing, you're, you're selling leases for oil all over the place. You're doing, he's doing all kinds of shit. Like, if you're doing that now, you you have to explain to them why they should vote for you if you're yeah. going to end the planet for them. Like what? Uh, it's, it's it's really crazy to just these are just very basic things. And these are arguments I had about Hillary too. Like very pro fracking, very pro all that. And I just kept saying like, why would I vote for someone who doesn't care about the planet that my child's going to live on? But now, but now I'm down to no longer the future. Like I want my kid to be healthy. Yeah. And he and if he goes to school every single day, you know, that could go away because he doesn't have fucking, uh, you know, air purifiers and they don't they're not taking tests and they don't have masks. And you can put a fucking dog at the front door and have him sniff people. They can find covid like there's so much yes. so many fucking things you could do. Our and dog nothing is not did. it. Our dog actually knew my wife had covid and would not. Yeah. Dogs away. know people have covid. Yeah. It happens all the time. Like it's like we know this. There's there are schools using dogs. Um, so it's. You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff they could be doing. They've decided not to do any of it. So it'll be very interesting. I mean, he Biden clearly won because of COVID last time. And uh, and it wasn't that it wasn't like it was a huge blowout. It was close. So I don't know what to say. Well, like on that note, then let's let's go back to punching far right. Uh, Shall we? We're uh, we're getting into uh, the fun stuff at PragerU. Uh, this week, we're doing education and their kid shows. They're amazing, amazing groomery kid shows. And uh, our guest is Betsy Long. She's a public school educator in Los Angeles, uh, a chapter leader in UTLA, and a DSA member. She led her school site in the historic joint SEIU 99 and UTLA strike that won record-breaking wage increases and common good demands. Uh, 
She's appeared on Chapo Trap House to, dis- to discuss education politics and union organizing and has written about it for Jacobin Magazine as well. You should check out her articles. They're great. She's organized along with other union members around school board elections, statewide propositions, uh, city councils, and uh, some guy named Bernie Sanders. So this is our uh, delightful uh, deep dive into PragerU's children's entertainment. Try not to throw up. Hey there, it's David Sirota, host of Lever Time, the flagship podcast from the award-winning investigative news outlet, The Lever. In politics, there's a complex web of money, influence, and greed that corrupts our democracy. Lever Time is an unflinching examination of the latest news events and issues that often go unrecognized and unreported by corporate media. We interview a variety of guests and experts across media and politics, and we hold the powerful accountable. Some recent interviews include Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, comedian David Cross, progressive leader Nina Turner, and artificial intelligence expert Dr. Max Tegmark. So if you're looking for a true independent voice in political media, check out Levertime. Go to levertimepod.com or search Levertime on your podcast player to subscribe. Have you ever thought about how your favorite movies influence your values and perspective? How the ideological messages baked into some of your favorite films might actually be better at informing your politics than actual politics? Then we've got a podcast for you. I'm Rivka Rivera. I'm an actor, playwright, and artist educator. And I'm Frank Capello. I'm a writer, podcast producer, and socialist TikToker. That's a weird thing to say out loud. And we're hosts of the new podcast, Movies vs. Capitalism. Each week, Rivka and I are joined by a guest for a lighthearted yet critical discussion about a movie and how it is obviously a scathing indictment of late-stage capitalism. Fight Club is about the degradation of modern consumerism. Office Space is a comedy about worker alienation. Ants is a kid's movie about the military-industrial complex. You've Got Mail is basically a psychological thriller about the effects of market consolidation. Yeah, You've Got Mail is seriously f***ed up. Yeah, it's super f***ed up. Movies versus Capitalism is the anti-capitalist, anti-racist, anti-patriarchal, anti imperialist movie podcast that you didn't even know you needed. A middle finger to our rotting institutions and their ghoulish proprietors who are slowly driving the human race into extinction. But like, in a fun way. Yeah, yeah, in like a super fun way. Movies vs. Capitalism is produced by The Lever, a reader-supported investigative news outlet. The first episode will be released on February 7th and will be available to listen to on all major podcast players. Be sure to subscribe right now so you don't miss an episode. And we'll see you at the movies. On the podcast. Uh, Yes, the podcast about movies. And capitalism. Yes, movies versus capitalism. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Wow, it's interesting because there was a word, you know, we're getting into kids stuff this week. We're getting into the documentaries and the shorts and everything and a game show. That PragerU is uh, that they aim towards children. And honest to God, there's a word that's been in the news a lot lately, and it kept just flitting through my head every time I watch this. I keep, you can't stop hearing the word groomer uh, as you watch this <laughs> stuff. I mean, this is yeah, all yeah. they're doing. 
Yeah, you realize you realize yeah. you know conservatives always scream about what they're doing. Exactly and right. As you watch these videos, you go, "Oh, right, this is they're doing this. That's them doing this." <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's usually blamed on teachers. Like teachers are groomers. I mean, back with like mm-hmm. uh, Harvey Milk when he was in office, it's like groomers was thrown around yep. then with the gay community. Now groomers is being thrown around well, with teachers. Like, you know, when they were educators. integrating bathrooms, black yeah, men couldn't like, be in bathrooms with hmm. um, children. It's the same. It's all the same. Every single thing that conservatives against, you know, it's the same argument year, year, yeah. year after year. Totally. But this feels yeah. extremely like what a groomer would do yeah. would be to make these really, really bizarre mm-hmm. videos for children that honestly, I don't know any child that would want to watch these. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I yeah. kept thinking. Yeah, because so many of the videos that they make, um, the numbers are astonishing when you look at the, you know, and I, I don't know for sure if um, the numbers they run on their site are correct. But, you know, you check with YouTube and there's just like millions and millions and millions of hits. But when you look yeah, at stuff, it's hundreds of thousands. <laughs> yeah. And even then, I, like, I, I would, you know, I have it. I have a kid who's 13. So I've been through all of the different levels of what he would watch. I don't, I can't imagine any age at which he would have wanted to watch any of this. It's very boring. It's very like very almost 1970s style animation talking. Um, It's not how kids uh, absorb anything anymore. So I don't know how effective it is. No. It also reminded me, do you remember Dave when, when, uh, forgive me, Betsy. I'm about to speak old with my friend here. Um, do you remember when we were kids? There, 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 we had this. We had, we just had TV, and Saturdays were great. Saturday mornings were yes. great. You get up, and there was just wall to wall cartoons. But Sunday, you were screwed because it was still the weekend. Yes. And it was early. Like, you couldn't go out and play or anything and hang around the house. And the only thing on that looked vaguely like a cartoon was Davy and Goliath, which was this claymated show about a little kid and his dog. And it was Christian mm-hmm. and they would go off and they would learn, you know, they learned lessons about Christianity and it was so goddamn boring. Yeah. But you know, if you were a kid, it was like, I'm like Jones and man, I need, it's animated at least. And you'd sit there and you'd watch this stuff and you want to blow your brains out, but you would watch it. And, uh, uh, I got a little bit of that old flavor watching some of this stuff. Dave, did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I was thinking of, I, I grew up, um, in the nineties and, we watched Veggie Tales, yeah. like that. That's a big Christian. Oh, he's like, really? short film. I yeah, I Veggie was- Tales. But if I were to watch like side by side one of these videos and then one of the Veggie Tale videos, Veggie Tale, they have bright colors. There's lots of movement. There's fun, catchy songs. Like even though it's kind of preaching the same Christianity um, thing, at least Veggie Tales was interesting. Right, and like you could kind of dance around. This is like. There's no soul. There's no music. There's no, there's really no fun. Yeah. Like I just don't sense anyone is having yeah. a good time. Yeah. It's a certain kind of joylessness <laughs> that, um, uh, well, let, although, God, let, let's go into this one first. Cause this is amazing. And there's nothing, there's no corollary in the adult, uh, videos at Prager U for, uh, what is this? Guess or mess. <laughs> It's a Prager U game most- show. It's really this is pathetic. <laughs> it's a it's a yeah. it's slime time essentially, isn't that the show? The Nickelodeon show, 
but but yeah, for conservatives, I, it's really it, this one made me think the most like what pervert like <laughs> this is a perverted thing to do yes. is to be like let's take Amy let's take the topic of Amy Coney Barrett yeah. let's <laughs> force let's force some kids. Um, to read this book about Amy Coney Barrett, and then we're going to make them touch gross things if they get questions they get wrong questions about wrong. Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 check out the opening. It's amazing. Welcome to Guess or Mess, the game show by PragerU Kids. I'm Noah, and in this show, if you answer a question fast and correctly, you avoid getting totally gross and messy. So here are your messes for today: slimy goo, mustard, marshmallow tar and feathers. Pickle juice spray, mystery eggs, silly string, dog food, secret messes, and the pie in the face. Oh! I mean, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> um, it's just it's incredible, just- and I. <laughs> it's like someone kind of watched Nickelodeon but didn't. Right? It's just like they heard slime. They've seen a lot of Joe Rogan on Fear Factor. They're kind of working some issues out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Someone just lightly watched Fear Factor and lightly watched Nickelodeon Slime Time Live, and they were like, I get it. I don't think they they did. Well, the thing is, it's not just Amy Coney Barrett. It's they've had to read the PragerU book. Oh, right. Yeah on her um and uh and then yeah and then they then they get into it before we play amy coney barrett is the fifth woman to serve on the u.s supreme court barrett was raised roman catholic and has a large family of seven children before being nominated to the court she worked as a lawyer and law professor justice barrett considers herself an originalist meaning that the court should decide cases based on how the Constitution would have been understood at the time it was written. I, I want to call that out for you because I thought it was really interesting because they, they, you know, it seems to me that the average child, if you explained that to them, that philosophy to them, because they boil it down in a very simple way, and I think they, they phrased it in a way that does not do their case very well. Much good. Your average child's going to go, well, that's kind of dumb. I don't think there's anybody you can right. explain that Things to. Things have changed in the past yeah. few hundred years. Yeah, no, it's it's, a, it's always been a really – that Scalia thing has always been just completely bizarre to me. But there, there are ways – oh, no, it's completely bizarre. But there are ways that they phrase it that don't just immediately call out its, its insanity. I mean, that was just such a pure distillation of what's wrong with originalism. You know, if you're seven, you're like – what the fuck? They didn't know anything about iPhones. <laughs> yeah. Kinda. Yeah. But I mean, like a seven-year-old may not be able to be like, oh, I understand that they didn't used to have iPhones. A seven-year-old is more of just like, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Weird. Uh, yeah. This this video and, and the rest of the videos too, like there's so many times when they use like the identity politics approach, like she's a woman. Yeah. We love her. And then they go on to list things that are like, Oh, that's bad for women. (laughs) Like, but you're, but you're a child, I guess. So you're supposed to think, just believe what you, what you hear. Yeah. Don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be effective, which at the end of the day, watching all these, which gave me a certain type of illness that I, (laughs) 
I can't describe. Uh, I was also feeling like, you know what? No one's, no one's watching this and having their hearts changed. Yeah. So, we, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you want to try, because it's it's hard to get this data, and we are actually looking into it. It's like, where where are these videos specifically being shown? Because, you know, a lot of the other, all the other ones are being shown at schools all over the country. But who is showing this stuff to kids? And I have to imagine the places that are are shown to kids who are already pretty heavily indoctrinated into this stuff. You know, sure, yeah, um, Betsy. I should have asked for our listeners how you teach currently. What 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 grade level? I work with elementary school students, so I'm an out of classroom teacher, okay. and I basically work with with children from age three to age twelve. Yeah. So, so you know a thing or two about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I know a lot about attention spans, and none of these these shows or these episodes would yeah. keep any of their attention. Yeah, but I but I can, I can imagine like an uncle, like a conservative uncle, trying to show their nephew and nieces these these shows and be like, "See, isn't this good?" Right, and then it just like not landing for sure. Let, let us hope. Yeah, I, I the funny thing too is that you know I, I mentioned this a couple of times. I, I remember sending Dave early on to this. I sent him a link to a video. On Prager, and he's like, "Oh, this is one of the kids' ones." I was like, "No, it's not. They're all kind of pitched." I don't know if you got a chance to watch any of the adult ones. They're all kind of pitched towards children. They seem to be the way they talk yeah. to you, but then you get to the kids' stuff, and it's really patronizing. And um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't get past that. Like, what kid? You know, we have an infant here now. I imagine he would sit and watch these for ten minutes because he can, you know, look at his toe for ten minutes. But I don't know that he'd absorb anything beyond the lights and the colors. But yeah, it seems bonkers. Let, let's no. let's do some gameplay here, because and and I'm constantly falling. Like I keep imagining, uh, you know, imagine this stuff being done in North Korea, and it and it all starts to make sense. Are you ready to play the game? Yeah! yeah! The youngest player goes first. Now, everybody, get your hands into the bowl. You're not allowed to take them out for the entire game. If you do, you lose a point. First question goes to Reagan. What is Amy Coney Barrett's highest professional achievement? A, United States Senator, B, Justice of the Supreme Court, or C, Advisor to the President? Justice of the Supreme Court. That is correct. She was Justice of the Supreme Court. Barrett was nominated to the Supreme Court by President Trump to replace Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The president said that Barrett was a woman of unparalleled achievement, towering intellect, sterling credentials, and unyielding loyalty to the Constitution. Lucy gets the <laughs> You is want that, this one? Is this slime? You're lucky oh. to get slime. It's jiggly. <laughs> now they start pouring oh. red slime over this child. That's good. Okay, you get the picture. Um... <laughs> There's a certain type of torture to listen to the sound. The sound of, of the yeah, opposite. I like the sound. That's why that's why I picked that. The, that's the opposite of ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know much to say about the game show really beyond what we said. I mean, it's just kind of. It's a low energy game show. Like they're just standing there with their hands in bowls and then asked extremely boring questions, yeah. and then the kids are just excited to have gross things to touch. I don't know, like. It also seems like they probably have some stage parents 
you know, these are not yeah. children that whose parents maybe they either didn't know what they were signing their child up for, or they, they did knew. know. Well, that's it. Yeah. I either wonder, way. I, I bet they knew. I bet, Clearly, you know, it's people you from that, yeah. the, the creep community of PragerU, I would imagine. Yeah. Who named their daughter Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty big and- giveaway. Or <laughs> hmm. you're big fans of the exorcist. That was. <laughs> One of those. Um, uh, both, both are bad things <laughs> to name your kid after. Um, well, let's, let's get into a little more substance. I just thought that was a fun one to kick off, but, uh, and they have so many different series for kids and the animation is all pretty rudimentary. It's a little bit better than what I could do on a Mac, but not significantly. And we've, we've tried to find out who does this stuff. Um, this is not, I mean, Betsy, Betsy lives in LA. She can back me up. I'm sure that, you know, in this town, you know, anybody who, if you're an actor and you're on a podcast for five minutes, you're trying to get it on your IMDb page, but <laughs> seemingly no one involved with the PragerU animated stuff uh, has made the effort to get, cause you can't find this stuff anywhere. I don't know who's producing these. I don't know who's directing them. I don't know who's writing them. Yeah. I'm guessing they're assume- non-union. <laughs> That's a safe guess. I, w- I was going to say most <laughs> most likely um, in a different country being exploited uh, in some way. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say it's been a long time, but I don't – when I started in the business, um, you know, I mean, every year you're, you're, you work non-union at the beginning because you're just doing low-budget stuff and eventually get in. Um, you know, you could go – Prager, you know, wasn't around, but, you know, you could wake up on Monday and end up doing a – you know, Prager you kind of video for three days. And then on Thursday, you're working on a porno, which um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the idea of porno crew shooting these Prager U vids somehow. It just makes me happy. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. But they, you know, so they do this thing around the world. And ostensibly, they're to teach kids about the world they live in. But let me give you some of the other titles. You picked an interesting one because some of these others I thought were even more kind of overt um which made this one kind of more fun but like north korea learning the truth what happens when young tae song starts to discover the extent to which the communist government is oppressing him and his family israel share a praise for peace teacher middle and high school kids high school kids high school can you imagine about israel a young country that has flourished in technology and diversity while constantly fighting just for its right to exist in this episode tweens and teens will meet shira an Israeli girl who will soon serve in the military to defend her country. She's proud to do so, but also prays for a day when it will no longer be necessary. And the one we're going to look at is Venezuela. <laughs> Vivi's life under socialism. Oh. Uh, meet, meet Vivi and her family who must live with the hardships that socialist policies have brought upon this once thriving country in South America. I, what's the right way to teach kids about the world betsy i mean um i would say step one is don't use passive voice with america's involvement (laughs) 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 yeah let's let's start there let's let's call out what specific countries and specific actors do based on fact and evidence yeah I'd, i'd start there um but according to this you know this episode Seven minutes of why socialism will always fail is seven minutes of why Venezuela is just another example of that. And all shucks, 
They shouldn't have nationalized the oil industry. Mm. You gotta let the private oil companies run their business. Well, they're the they only know what ones they're doing. who could ever do it. They know what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just it's ridiculous because if you know, I grew up with a friend who was from Venezuela and even they were just like, Yeah, we had to go because things were really bad. I think, you know. It wasn't great, but he'll also be able to tell you that America was involved. Yeah, yeah I want to get into that a little bit more as, as we get to the end of this one. But but um, we should start. Let's let's meet Vivi, our fictional animated character. Meet Vivi. Vivi. She lives in Caracas with her mother and grandmother. She loves to listen to music and dance, but her favorite hobby is making jewelry. She used to sell her pieces in the market. But now, no one has any money for jewelry anymore. Vivi's father, Cesar, had to move to Miami, Florida, where he works hard trying to earn enough money for both himself and his family in Caracas. They rely on the valuable American dollars he sends back to help pay for food and a place to live. Lita is Vivi's grandmother, and she remembers the more prosperous days of the 1960s and 70s. Venezuela was a country of hope and opportunity. But by the time Vivi's mother, Maria, was born, a sense of unease and uncertainty had crept in with the growing divide between the rich and poor. Sadly for Vivi, Caracas is now a place of desperation. Days without electricity and running water sometimes turn into weeks. The fear of violence is always present. And having enough to eat is a challenge when the nation's currency is all but worthless. Mm. Mm. What a sad tale of wow. socialism. <laughs> it yeah. seems like a weird way to introduce I, kids to another country. It's really, it's, this isn't yes. like what kid is going to be like, oh, that's interesting. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, it's so, you know, I do a history podcast and the thing that people like about us, we get into stuff that isn't taught in schools and this is like the worst version of how you would teach history or anything to kids. It's there's nothing engaging. It's just it's like the peanuts voice. It's terrible. And then the death squads came with <laughs> <his> older brother. <laughs> yeah, it it's true. I agree. There's no engagement. Like when you're presenting a lesson to children, what you want to do is first, you know, you want to um, bring up their previous knowledge. You want to activate their prior knowledge by something they can relate to. For example, let's do a lesson on Venezuela. We're going to want to first connect the students with Venezuela with something that they share, maybe in their culture. So that could be related to music, could be related to food, could be related to those like shallow aspects of Venezuelan culture. You could get kids really into it by playing a song or music or um, presenting food or, you know, talking about a day in the life of a child in Venezuela. And then you can go into the, you know, more um, academic side of it. But in the end, this is so condescending towards Venezuela. Mm. Like, yeah. Oh, shucks. They almost had a good thing, but then it became really bad because of socialism. Um, and, and I also like that in the video, it's like, oh, there's not enough food to eat. There's 
economic issues. Um, people have to travel long distances to go to work. Have you been to America? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. we have capitalism and we have all those same problems. So it's just hard to, it's hard to hear that and be like, why is it bad there, but not well, here? No, over, over here, um, people, people who live that way live that way because they're lazy and bad. <laughs> um, over there, they live that way because it's, it's socialism. But yeah, I mean, let's let's mm -hmm. let's let's keep going. I want I want to find out what happened. Why 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 did everything change? So, how did the discovery of a natural resource like oil transform Vivi's country from a once profitable agricultural nation into a poor, desperate, and chaotic mess? Well, initially, things went very well for the country, as privately owned international companies were invited to drill for oil. The profits were evenly split between the government and private companies like Shell and Chevron. <laughs> but when the price of oil dropped in the 1980s, the country lost its primary source of wealth. In a desperate state, the people voted for socialism and to nationalize the oil industry. Oh, that's going to that's gonna go badly. I'm I mean, sure. one of the things that people don't seem to understand about countries like Please Venezuela is, um, you know, the racism that's factored in, which is like the light skinned people are doing very well and the dark skinned people are not. And in this particular case of Venezuela, the poor people were mostly indigenous people and they were getting absolutely fucking nothing from this deal. Um, and when the, when socialism came in and they took over, suddenly uh, poverty and everything else and literacy and everything else went up amongst the, uh, those indigenous people. Suddenly were doing much, much better for some reason. Um, that's, a, you know, that's something they never bring down. up. What? It went down. For well, them. poverty went down, but, it, you know, the yeah. uh, education yeah. and everything else and um, the ability to get food and you know, they were distributing free food and they were, they were, the literacy went way up and all these things, you know, went up, but that's not, that, that absolutely never for some reason comes up in these kind of videos. Yeah. No. And I, I love that moment in the video when it says shell and Chevron, we're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I want to scream, read the room. Like, like, where, where are you? That like you've, like you should not just you should just not say the names like that's that's bad right <laughs> right it's like oh yeah i know shell and chevron i give them all my money a couple times a month they're my favorites yeah. i'm so loyal to those companies what yeah totally like uh, yeah, it also made me wonder like are there any i don't i i do not keep up with star wars but i feel like there has to be some one of the tv shows or something where like, does the Empire make propaganda geared towards kids? I would love to see it, you know? And that's when Darth Vader came to town, and everybody was happy. <laughs> they have a, they have their own Prager U. <laughs> Vader U. <laughs> I also, this video, this video is about Venezuela, and it's for children, and we're talking about oil. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do children? How do children feel about oil? Yes. 
it's really well it's, not not in the Prager U world. You don't want them. You want them to feel good about oil. I mean that that's part of the overall. You do, agenda. but they don't. They don't give a shit. I mean that's the thing that right. it exactly. comes back to. These are children. They don't. You know, there's nothing that's interesting. They have no idea how to talk to children. Nor did they sit down and find a conservative who works in education or understands uh, you know ch- child psychology. To be like, hey, what would interest them? How can we how can we use this mm-hmm. as propaganda? This is th- th- they could be making this video for dogs. It's just not anything that anyone <laughs> is going to take in. You know what? That's why they might have so many views. People leave videos <laughs> yeah, on for do. their dogs while they leave. <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh my god. I'm just I'm looking to see what age they think. Yeah, they think these are for sixth grade, sixth grade and up. Sixth grade. So sick by sixth grade, they're watching things like Twitch, where there's one video playing and another guy in the corner uh, telling you what's wrong about it. They're watching TikToks where there's two people debating on either side or just constant cut smash, cut smash, cut smash. This is absolutely not in any way how uh, young kids absorb anything anymore. Yeah, totally true. Like the the attention span is not just like you have 10 seconds. It's you have 10 seconds. And then also there needs to be something yep. else going on in the background. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, also, you're yeah. also old enough that you're, you're not you can't be reached by this stuff. I was going to horror movies, man. We were reading. We had a teacher. I remember being taught. We read Moby Dick in sixth grade and I was starting to recognize what girls were. And, you know, it was like you're not thinking about this stuff. Well, I do want to say, because this is a um, not a visual medium, the the little girl in the video, Vivi, mm-hmm. I think they, they like make her look really pretty and attractive, which is disturbing because she's a child. Yeah. In the video. Yeah. Like, I think it's like she's been she's been yassified <laughs> and it's and it's like, is that how they think they're getting those sixth, seventh, and eighth graders to watch this video. Oh, she's kind of pretty. Oh like, God, what? No, she's a child. Yeah, she's a child. Uh, so let's let's see how do they, so how do they explain socialism to these these strange mutant children who are apparently being entertained by this? Socialism is a system where citizens do not own anything individually, um, and the government controls what, how what? things are distributed. That's not socialism. That's not socialism. That's not like so. So a, someone can just walk over and take your coat. <laughs> I, I would like. I believe that's prison. I, I think that's yeah, prison. This, someone just comes over and takes your coat. I, this is mine now. Yeah. I, or ours. This is ours, so I'm using it. Like it's the, the, the government takes my coat and goes. This belongs to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's uh, it's really crazy that they're. But uh, honestly, the adults making this might believe that. In socialist yeah. countries, there is often plenty of money for the government to collect at first by taking over private businesses and taxing the people. Then they spend some on the basic services that they promised. And because those in the government have all the power and control over the money. The controlling elites get to decide what citizens can buy, where they can live, and how successful they can be. Okay. There's, I mean, it's just all how nonsense. Success, yeah. My favorite thing is the house. Yeah, Beyonce successful. person keeps having hits. We need her to stop having hits. She can't have hits anymore. 
but the success no thing is really funny because what, yeah success to them only means money how rich they're just simply talking about how rich they're not talking about success they're not talking about uh you know writing a book and being popular and getting uh, you know academic success or anything else they're just simply talking about how much money like you can a, make. Yeah. And that's all, that's all the, like you cannot become a crazy billionaire in a country like Sweden because they're going to tax the shit out of you, which is fine because then that money gets distributed. Uh, but that's, uh, that's like, they're wording it in such a way that's like, mm -hmm. say what you want to say. You can't, yeah, you can't become disturbingly rich, crushing other human beings in the process. Yeah. There's a limit to the number of assets you can own and the number of people you can exploit and that's a problem for conservatives yeah it really is very quickly the money runs out hold on resources Wait, are missing. why did the money run out because <laughs> because the government took it all no but because wait. the venezuelan government didn't know how to manage all of the nationalized so, you know, things that they have. Now. There's something that happened in Venezuela when the money ran out, and that was capitalists taking money in trucks out of the country. Mm. So that's one of the reasons the money ran out, because they were fucking with the money supply. It literally ran out. These, this is the problem with any video that any of the conservative ever makes on socialism is they never, they never go, okay, so here was this thing where they tried to uh, essentially make things much more equal and then outside forces came in and kept trying to fuck with it. That's the thing they never say. Constantly being fucked with by assholes. Mm -hmm. Yep and corruption escalates and eventually all socialist countries face serious scarcity of basic needs such as medicine and food the people get less and less while the politicians keep their fancy lifestyles every country that has tried socialism ends up with these problems but then um i could uh we've recently discussed one that uh although actually they'll come later uh, but yeah, China, China's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, <laughs> They're kind of you know what came ass. to mind? <laughs> the, the research in Cuba that has allowed for Cuba to create its own vaccine for Detroit. COVID. Yes. And, and like no acknowledgement of any like trade limitations or, oh, America refuses to sell medical equipment to countries that are socialist, like no mention of that. Yeah. It's just, Oh, shucks. They have a hard time finding things. No, it's because America, we have decided we're not selling to them. And so we're cutting them off. We're starving them out. Venezuelans hoped their results would be different. Under socialism, the people of Venezuela were promised reforms that would fight inequality and lift them out of poverty. It sounded like a great idea, but unfortunately, the government had no idea how to run the oil business, and things got worse. It's complicated to run an oil business. <laughs> <sighs> 
Yeah, it's crazy. And then, then what? So Hugo comes in. They have him. He takes control of the oil companies. Taxes goes up. Taxes go up. Corruption, corruption goes up. Um, then they they get into this part here that's pretty. Interesting. I thought this was interesting. More about what they leave out than in what they um, put in. When the price of oil crashed again, Chavez was desperate to keep spending money on his free programs. So he put the government back in control of the oil industry. The experts left Venezuela, and unqualified people took over their jobs. Anyone who questioned Chavez was fired, and soon many more experts from all industries were leaving the country too. A heavy tax was imposed on every business that was left, and Vivi's family had to shut down the coffee shop they had owned for generations. Oh. As for the corruption Chavez promised to end, it only got worse, too. People had tires put over them, and they were set on fire. <laughs> Chavez refused to hold a free election, and when the people tried to vote him out, he would not give up power. No, wait, are they, the, are they talking about the recall attempt? N- no. The people. Which people? No. There was a, what there's, are they talking about? Because there was a recall attempt that failed. Yeah, they're being, they're being, uh, there's different elections that they're talking about. So they could be, you know, grabbing from any one of the elections that happened. Right. And, and then, and well, and there's also the attempted coup in 2002, which. Yeah. Oh, who's that group? Who's that group? Mm. Um, CIA was, uh, was backing that, uh, <laughs> against. <laughs> so, well, yeah, what are they talking about that he didn't allow elections because in. Are we sure that even happened? Well, there were, uh, again, you know, you're talking about forces that are, you know, people come in and they're all capitalists and then they say your election's fucked. I mean, it's, it's just nonsense. Like, how do you trust any of it? I mean, essentially the people who come in are supposed to be like, if it was other socialist governments who were overseeing it, they'd say it was fair. But as I recall, Jimmy Carter's people were on the ground. And they called it a fair election. I might be wrong about that, but um, that's what I recall. There's just lots of things in the video that are either not true or just so vague that it could be one of many things that occurred. Yeah. Like, it- yeah. I mean, they do that a lot and they do uh, throughout, um, you know, and they'll do it. They'll, mm-hmm. Oh, they'll okay. We just had one recently where they were like, oh, a recent study showed. And then, you know, it moved so quickly that, it doesn't occur to you to go, wait, 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 what recent study of what, when, where, like, attrib- you know, can you give us an attribution? They just don't. They'll just claim yeah. stuff or merge things together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what else there is to say about this. Anymore. I mean, here, here's, the, the th- here's the reality about Venezuela. You can't do it in a five minute video for children. You can't do it for in a five minute video for adults. It is an extraordinarily complex situation <laughs> Because, uh, you know, of trying to bring socialism, uh, trying to nationalize um, the resources, trying to lift all these people out of poverty while having to fight the elites in power who then come to the United States and uh, usually just go to Florida and start a propaganda um, fight uh, while you're fighting the right wing, right wing uh, people from all over the world. Also, right wing governments who uh, sanctioned and froze all of their assets and stole their money. Um, you know, doing stuff like the, the acting like they're trying to bring food in when they're trying to bring weapons in over bridges and 
having um, Rubio talk about it. But, you know, it's so fucking complicated. It is, it, it is no, in no way are you able to do this. And, but they'll try. I mean, this was, this was like a, a I mean, this is like a second, a, a, a two year old's fantasy of how, you know, you could explain things like it's just insane, whatever this was. Yeah. It's, and I thought it was just so weird. The, the use of the word experts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, I, it felt racially coded. Um, the experts left Venezuela oh, from the gas companies. And I'm just, I'm like, and then more experts left. I'm like, what do we mean? Are, we're talking about like, academic elites or, or the people just highly the people who were probably work for shell and right i mean that exxon and whatever like that's probably that's, what that's how i took because they are so fixated they keep hitting the idea that that um uh yeah but then the government didn't know how to run an oil company because yeah. that takes expertise which i'm willing to believe it requires yeah. a decent amount of experience to do that properly but it also um, i i yeah so it also mm-hmm. takes a lot. It takes a lot of extra work to try to run um, those oil fields and those that oil infrastructure because um, there's sanctions on now and they can't get the parts they need. So that is, you know, so they're trying to put it together with band aids. So uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. a big part of the expert thing. Yeah, and I would. I'm curious to see. Like, I agree. I think that the experts that left were, you know, people high up at Shell or Chevron, and then. Who's left are the workers. And at the end of the day, who runs these refineries? Who runs these things? It's workers. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yes, you do need experts, of course. But like, I just am like, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's Chevron or the government running something, it can be run well. Just saying the government's going to run it doesn't mean it's going to be horrible. And, and right. I think that's just like the assumption here. It's like if Chevron runs it, it's going to be great. Come on, kids. Well, we love Chevron. I mean, the thing about the government running it'd be horrible is uh, the government is us. It's the people. So you're literally saying it can't be run well because we're running it. So fuck off. It's the dumbest thing you can say. And also, have we not had now at this point millions and millions of examples of how private companies should not be running things? We can start with PG&E whose leaders should have been executed if we're going by our standards of the death penalty. And, you know, there's just so many examples of how private business does not do it. They're really fucking bad at it. They're really, really bad at it. Have you ever thought about how movies influence your values and perspective? How the ideological messages baked into some of your favorite films might inform your politics more than actual politics? Then you should check out our podcast, Movies vs. Capitalism. I'm Rivka Rivera. I'm an actor, playwright, and artist educator. And I'm Frank Capello. I'm a writer, producer, and political content creator. Each week on Movies vs. Capitalism, Frank and I are joined by a guest for a fun yet critical discussion about a movie and how it's obviously a scathing indictment of late-stage capitalism. Yeah, 
like how Office Space is a comedy about worker alienation. Or how Ants is a kid's movie about the military-industrial complex. You've Got Mail is really a psychological thriller about the effects of market consolidation. Yeah, You've Got Mail is seriously fucked up. Yeah, it is super fucked up. Movies vs. Capitalism is produced by The Lever, a reader-supported investigative news outlet. You can listen and subscribe at mvcpod.com or search for Movies vs. Capitalism in your podcast player. And we'll see you at the movies. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah, the podcast about movies and capitalism. Ooh, movies versus capitalism. I grew up in the South and like near the Gulf of Mexico and all the oil spills, even the ones that didn't make the papers, like there was constantly issues. Even here in California, Mm -hmm. you go to the ocean, you go to certain areas, you're getting tar on your Mm -hmm. feet just after swimming in the ocean for a day. So it's very clear. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone's convinced from this video. Again, I'm, I'm just like, Maybe if someone lived under a rock or in a conservative bubble, they would be like, oh, sure, totally. And what child, fuck being convinced, what child is still watching at this point? Yeah. Oh, my God, no. Oh, Hugo Chavez. I wonder why not Hugo Chavez and how his socialism failed. They were like, yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, the the kid who is falling for it is the kid with no friends. Yes, and my heart breaks for them. <laughs> Let's get you some friends, yeah, sweetie. This is not yes. the way. Um, well, let, let, let's move on to something cheerier. The uh, <laughs> this is amazing. We got we got a few of these 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 books these autos tales. They have, this is amazing. You know, I've watched a couple of the other ones aside from the ones we're doing today. And Otto is a dog that gets taken around historical events by young young Dennis Prager. Um, just to talk. It's like nothing happens, though. It's like I'm. They act like they've got this great character. There's nothing. He's not an interesting. He, doesn't, he just goes back in time and asks people so, stupid questions. That's about it. Prager. He doesn't go back in time and like save humanity from killer robots or anything. It's just. So how many how many kids does these are, Dennis Prager have? You mean that he knows of? Whoa! Hey, Whoa. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he, we know. I know. He has at least a grown son right but um it was the grown son who's like doing but this is because because the the things that he the things that he does like this auto is what it is auto mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. It, it's what you would do if you've never been around children yeah. <laughs> it, really like you or you or you just have no like awareness of what a child wants or is interested in um because it yeah i don't know how you make this knowing anything about kids. So it just makes me wonder what his relationship was like with his yeah, kid. Yeah, well, he's going to read a book, one of these books himself later. We'll get into some of that. But uh, this one, and I, I let, let's, you need to hear what we're reading this week. <laughs> and this time we actually have a writer. Welcome to Otto's Tales. I'm Jill. And today we're reading Remember the Ladies, written by Callista Gingrich Callista, hello. <laughs> She's writing now. <laughs> you know she didn't write a single word of this book. Oh my! Oh, I, 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 I bet she did. <laughs> it's even worse than you think. I think she. 
I think she forced them. She forced them. (laughs) So, yeah, first ladies throughout history. Um, I got I got to give you the, by the way, a trigger warning, uh, I need to issue before we go into it. I, I looked into this. I almost bought this book and I'll tell you why in a minute when we get to the end, but, uh, this is from the only negative review I could on Amazon. I mean, there's only like a handful of reviews, but the only negative one, even though this book is published in late 2017, the book ends with the Obamas. There's a picture of Mrs. Trump, but no write up how disrespectful and disappointing I would like to return this book. Wait, the book was written by who? Costa Gingrich. So, do the Gingriches hate the Trumps? Uh, or are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that oh, would, he's a he's a never Trumper, isn't he? Is he a never Trumper? Or no? Didn't he no, try? I, to, I think I don't. Weird? I think it's murky. I don't think he is a never Trumper. What about Prager U? I don't know. Oh, Prager U's big on Trump. They love yeah, oh, Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Trump. Mm-hmm. Dennis has written at length about how it's not actually, uh, he hasn't actually turned his back on every moral precept he's been preaching for 30 years by, uh, you know. Oh, oh shit. He he's a neighbor. Donald Trump to Joan of Arc. Dennis Prager lives near um, me, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, he lives in the town next door. Um, he has four kids. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me that, that Gingrich is, uh, yeah, no, the, the Gingrich is like uh, Donald Trump. Okay. Um, so, yeah, interesting question. But uh, so they, yeah, I mean, you, you, you picked this one, Betsy. You were, um, you were, uh, did you, do you already, before we get to sort of the modern era, were there any first ladies that jumped out at you in this thing or? Um, I do just want to say this video and this book, again, super boring. Just like uh, no yeah. child, and then no child's that. watching this, no child's reading this book. I would, I would go beyond that. I think for an adult, for th- this is one of the worst videos I've ever seen produced in my life. It's, it's just a total void. It's a void. It, there's nothing in this. Mm-hmm. It's just like this, this was a first lady. She made dinners and that's kind of how far it goes. You're like, Oh, she made dinners. Oh, cool. Well, let's let's hear it. Like, for instance, um, um, here's here's Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan left her life as a Hollywood star for a stage with a brighter spotlight by far. As a wife, she had Ronald's listening ear and encouraged him in his elected career. While First Lady, Nancy launched a major campaign to put an end to a problem that caused much pain. She wanted drug-free schools where children could grow and urged young Americans to just say no. I loved that section because <laughs> <laughs> I go was girl. like, oh, wow, you go, girl, girl, boss. You've got your husband's ear. Good for you. Um, but also like the the say no, the just say no mm-hmm. campaign that was in schools like that was my childhood. The carpet at the elementary school <laughs> at the entrance said just say no. Like it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in the South, but. It was just everywhere. And we had, you know, those typical like cops coming to school, tell us not to do drugs, all that. So this campaign, the just say no campaign extended for a long time. Um, 
and was super ineffective. Everyone it, I know. Insanely so. It did not. Yeah. Uh, don't you're they, using they all, everybody tried. You're drugs. using past tense. It's back. It's back with a vengeance. That's yeah. It's, is it really? Just yeah. Yeah. No. My kid, my kid yeah. started getting just say no stuff in fourth grade. Oh, and I asked God. him which drugs and he said, well, drugs. And I said, so you don't want aspirin. Um, we had a long discussion about what drugs are fine with and how stupid it was. Father. Actually, how stupid it was that you would just blank statement, just say no to drugs. Like, it, right. it's it's yeah. really one of the dumbest things ever. Do you remember that Bobcat had a routine way back when about how he's sitting in a he's sitting in a hotel room just like miserable and you know there's a there's he's got a syringe full of heroin in one hand and a gun in the other and he's like I'm going to use one of these tonight and he turns on the TV and there's Nancy Reagan going just say no and he's like oh silly fucking me why did I think of that <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it was insane and 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 there's also. And what, what, what did it, yeah, I, I grew up outside of it. I was, I was an adult when it was happening. That's his was Dave. I mean, do you think it's just like being bombarded with no at a certain point? It, there's something kind of creepy about that. Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just the assumption that it's kind of the same conversation of like gateway drugs. Like, oh, if you were to smoke weed, then the next thing you know, you'll be doing heroin. And I think it's just like, let's criminalize. It was during like the war on drugs. So it's like, let's take this war on drugs to the kids. Right. Let's make sure the kids, I think it's an attempt to indoctrinate yeah, for a little sure. bit of brainwashing. Just like, let's tell kids to say no to drugs and then maybe it'll work. But really, I think it's like a bad faith effort. Yeah. Yeah. No, it always was. Um, but uh, and Nancy Reagan's a problematic figure in her own right. But um, yeah, so, no mention of no mention of like the AIDS crisis. Oh or God, anything. No. <clears throat> no, they're not going to get any of that. Uh, so Dave, hang on, I just want to test Dave because Dave does have a history podcast. Dave, I just want to tell you, you though before you ask me this, I I did I, yes. I did find his house. He lives pretty close to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Dave, if we just did Nancy Reagan, who who's next? Who comes after Nancy Reagan? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So after Nancy comes uh, Barbara Bush, and then of course Hillary Clinton. So um, we're going to dive into those pretty deep, as I recall in this video. Just dive right in and really talk about them. Go ahead. Actually, we we skip Barbara. What? We skip Barbara. What? Uh, and and we skip we skip Hillary. What? Yes. What? Yes. But which? Hillary, yeah. Hillary is in the drawing. Like there's the, a draw. Yes. The, Good catch. The yeah. illustration. Hillary is there, but she's just like kind of off to the side, looking like a little weirdo. So it's so here's yeah exactly. Yeah. And I have, I have a couple. Of, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, finally, I'm going to go. I'm I'm just going to go with PragerU and imagine that PragerU did not edit the book, but I sat there. And this is obviously insanity because I have $9. I could, I could take a $10 bill right now and set it on fire while we're talking. And I wouldn't even have to check with my wife about it. It's like, that's, that's how rich I am. But it was $9 to buy the book. And I thought I should buy the book and just make sure the book doesn't have Hillary Clinton in it either. And I was just like, I can't do it. I'm not willing to spend my $9 on that. So as far as I know, though, it, she's not in the book. Of and course she isn't. 
And I got to say, every single one of us on this on this show right now on, that I'm looking at, I think we all probably feel pretty much the same way about Hillary Clinton. She's a conservative? <laughs> but let us, if you're doing a book about first ladies, mm-hmm. it's like Times Man of the Year. People always get upset, like, oh, he's terrible. Times Man of the Year is not about the best person of the year. Hitler was Man of the Year. He had the largest impact. If you're going to do some first ladies... Yeah. You got to mention Hillary. Yeah, you do. You just have to. 100%. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) She changed the job. Like, she Yeah, just the way Dick Cheney changed the the job of of, uh, vice president. Like, she changed the job. Exactly. And made it much worse. It is so petty. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and that's why I think when I when I saw that, I think that's why they dropped. I don't love. That's why they dropped Barbara off because they didn't want to just have a Hillary void. So they're like, Oh, let's just, we'll drop her too. So no one can complain. Mm. Well, it's also, yeah, yeah, but also what would you say about Barbara Bush? Did she, I don't even remember. I mean, she was kind of oppressive a thing. Uh, oppressive mean. Yeah. I mean, all the things you think about her are kind of bad and there wasn't, there wasn't a thing. There wasn't some big campaign or if there was, it didn't take off. Yeah. I don't remember there being anything like that. Yeah. Let's check in on Laura Bush. Dennis Prager lives. He's an eight minute drive away. Stop. Laura Bush was a daughter of the Lone Star State, a charming first lady. Her impact was great. This former school teacher was eager to lead a movement to teach every student to read. Laura traveled the country visiting kids in school and helped them to see that books could be cool. Admiring her efforts, Ellis could tell that he and Laura would get along well. Wow. So she's the reason why America has such a high literacy mm-hmm. rate. Yeah. Yep. Good job. I feel like there's a, <laughs> a pet goat joke there, but I just I don't have Do it. the book her husband was reading on 9-11. I don't know. But <laughs> Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I honestly, that was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I, I guess I didn't learn. I guess I was relearning that. I had forgotten that that was her thing. So here's yeah, me. As you say, well, it, didn't, it didn't really seem to have any impact. Here's me trying to trying to get kids interested if I'm doing this. Laura Bush yeah. became the first lady 30 years before she killed a man in a car. <laughs> she also helped kids read. I'm hooked. Now the kids, now the kids just, the kids just sat up and they're kind of interested now. That's right. But you have to make it rhyme. Yeah. Need more rhyming. Yeah. Yeah. And I like this too. Like, okay. Nancy Reagan, she's amazing for her. Just say no to drugs campaign, which honestly was an extension of the war on drugs. Okay. Laura Bush. She made reading her focus, which was honestly just an extension of No Child Left no Child Behind. Left Behind, yeah. So again, these are not even about the ladies. These are just like, look at the projects that the ladies were given that they were allowed to mm-hmm. do with their limited capacity. Right. Yeah. Which is, again, another reason uh, that it's funny that, that Hillary's not in here because that was not her deal. Well, was- she broke the mold. The thing is, yeah. like, as much as I, I disagree with... Hillary Clinton on most things she did act, you know, like a girl boss and broke through and 
ruffled feathers. And this book is just not interested in sharing yeah. that type of I story. I mean, they could so. even take her down a bit by just saying, you know, she, she tried to tackle healthcare and failed miserably. Yeah, exactly. Like they could. Uh, and then uh, obviously Laura Bush then brings us to uh, Michelle. Michelle Obama made great historic gains, asking children to stretch their muscles and brains. She challenged them to enjoy daily exercise and led by example to their pleasant surprise. Michelle urged young people to get up and move and encouraged them all to get in the groove. Ellis was soft and he had to admit that with Michelle's advice, he could be more fit. Is that a little, a little get in the groove? Is that just a little like old white people trying to, no, that's just me. It, it could be. I mean, the, the little animal mascot Ellis is a small round elephant. Mm-hmm. So could be, but I, I think this one was really like level headed for some reason. Like, because I've only heard like conservatives criticize Michelle Obama because of her like school lunch changes that she Oh right, forward, yeah, they could have gone for like, that, sure. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. They could have they totally could have gone for that. Um because I hear about that all the time. When I tell people I work in schools, they'll be like, Oh, the school lunches, are they terrible now because of Michelle Obama? And I'm like, <laughs> nah, I mean they're just oh I've always have been kind of terrible. Wait, are they um, terrible? <laughs> but now they're okay, I can't. I just, it's just all. <sighs> yes, Dave. I, I just like the school lunches are the least of our problems. <laughs> right. The, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Bill Gates fucking has destroyed education with this goddamn fucking common core. How to make everyone to a businessman bullshit. Like I don't fucking care about the, what they're fucking eating at this point. I want teachers to be able to teach. Uh, yeah. If I can like, I mean, tease something that's coming a little later, you're going to care about school lunches in about 45 You know who else cares about school lunches, Josh? Dennis Prager has a Deborah Barsom uh, vote sign up in front of his house. She's a, she was a conservative running for the this, this, this school district in Lockheed. Wait, you're now looking at his house? This is I getting have, a little bit creepy. I have photos. Uh, I'm fucking uh, Dave, going. I, I am going there. <laughs> I am going to get arrested outside of that house. I'm cutting all of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so speaking it's, of Dennis. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, please go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, as a teacher, I do care about school lunches. It's just um, we're nowhere in the national political sphere. Are we going to solve the issue of school lunches? No, I it's just No. It's it's weird that it's brought up as a national issue when it's like no these are all different agencies running these lunch programs and and it's really complicated. It's super complicated. All the all you know you, you're talking about school boards and and superintendents and what they value and what they don't and like it, it's just like why would you ever even think you could do anything about that? Well, let me let me ask because that that's the question. And I am setting up something that's coming a little bit later, but. What is the actual agenda there? Why is the right so fixated on school lunches? I think it's like ideologically, like there's no such thing as a free lunch. We shouldn't be giving away free food to children. Their parents need to work for that money to pay for their lunches. They need to be independent. Just getting involved with school lunches, I think, is a sign that you endorse the concept of school lunches. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and and it, it is it it's like no this is america we are individuals you are responsible for your own lunch you're responsible for your own pencils the school yeah. shouldn't be providing that you're lucky that we give you a place to send your kid every right. day for six hours uh, food are you entitled there yeah. i think that if COVID hasn't laid bare if you haven't been paying attention they used COVID and the death of kids and teachers to try to undermine schools. They tried and pushed for schools to be unsafe. So people going there, employees or kids would die. That is, that is part of their agenda to, to undermine public schools. And as the same thing goes for malnourished children, you know, my, my wife uh, did uh, when she was going and getting her PhD, she volunteered at a, at a program in East LA and the kid, they don't have food. There's just tons of kids that don't have, their parents cannot afford to give them food and they're fine with that because that means underperforming public schools and also the kids who cannot get what they need, fall behind in every way because they're malnourished and their fucking brains aren't working. They're fine with it. They just had that debate. I think it was in South Dakota. And one of the, one of the legislators came out and said in a speech that we should not be feeding kids. And quite frankly, a lot of them don't want to eat is what he said. They're fucking terrible people on a level you can't even the fact that they get upset about whatever the fuck they're getting upset about and they're the shit that comes out of their mouths is so monstrous. You know, they're talking about drag shows and they have a guy on their side going, kids don't eat and they shouldn't like they're out of their fucking minds. They are the worst of the worst. Yeah. And I do, I do think like, yes, they're definitely out of their minds, but they're also following something that needs to happen for our, you know, our workforce something about being a teacher means I am basically helping to raise the next workers of the country, of the state, of the city. So if you've got a large amount of students who don't have enough to eat, are just grateful to get anything, who never expect anything from the government or the community, then they're going to be either forced to work somewhere where they're wildly exploited like an Amazon mm-hmm. um, fulfillment center. They're not going to have the expectations of benefits or supports or anything. And so we are literally training children to not expect anything from anyone ever so that we can put them in these really crappy jobs that hurt them and their bodies and their families and their yeah. communities. So it's, it, it's like, yeah, it's totally like insane people, but it fits in our economic system and mm-hmm. It, it fulfills a need that unfortunately we have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's wrap up with, with Callista. By the way, do you guys follow Newt on Twitter? Cause he's always posting pictures of the two of them. Together. I stopped they're, actually. Cause her face really they're like a horror film. They're, they're genuinely terrifying in, a, in an amazing yeah. way. Yeah. I have nothing but yes. respect for, for Newt. That smooth. <laughs> This, I love that yeah. smooth Callista. Callista is like yeah. so smooth. And then so, Newt yes. is just there, just raw Newt wrinkles and all. It's truly, 
It's iconic. It's kind of Prager's amazing. house is worth two point five million. Ellis thought about the first million. ladies he had met. Wait, wait, wait! Sorry, I'm, I'm cutting all this. His house is worth what? Two point five million. That's all. Yeah, that's it. It's on. It's on. Uh, it looks like it's on half an acre. Yeah. It's he should be rich. I don't think he should be actually. Like, uh, I don't. I don't mean morally. I'm expecting for this massive grift he's been engaged with for a thousand years. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, Jesus. I don't know how much money they're keeping from this grift. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This and. Every time you watch a video, it says, and thank you. The reason we can have these videos is because of viewers like yeah, you. Please yeah, donate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're constantly trying to. Yeah. But they made like a ton, like $20 million last year. They're, they're making a shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah, of yeah, money. It's, it's going up fast, um, too. Yeah. 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 And they had like a $75,000 PPP loan um, forgiven by the government, too. That was fun. Yeah. Ellis thought about the first ladies he had met and the others he had not learned about yet. All had their own special talents and traits that they used to make the United States great. They comforted our nation in moments of need and offered leadership to help America succeed. Ellis was grateful for what the first ladies had done, and now he understood we should remember each one. The end. We love this book because it shows us how America's first ladies have served our country in very important ways by using their special talents, smarts, and creativity. And these first ladies each took responsibility of being married to presidents very seriously. They volunteered their time and energy and made our country better, each in their own way. We continue to honor and respect them and be inspired to make our country better in our own way, too. Otto, let's see if you remember from the book. Which first lady reminded her husband to remember the ladies? Yes! Abigail Adams! Good boy! She was our second first lady married to President John Adams. Now, do you promise to remember the ladies? Yes! Good boy! Thank you for watching Otto's Tales. Check out some of our other stories, too. Keep reading, keep watching, and keep learning. Bye, guys. Oh, wow. The mascot. The mascot is not good. No. The mascot is horrible. A child is going to look at that and be like, that is so lame. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, yeah, it's clearly an adult in a dog costume. (laughs) And the only parts of the costume are the head and the the paws. And it's just Mm -hmm. a guy. And then I cannot get over this. And this comes up in the, um, the Candace Owens video as well is that anytime they have a woman on the show, they're sitting in a chair. They're not wearing shoes. They're wearing brightly colored socks. Right. And I find it really weird. It's just extremely weird to me. Like. Makes you. Comfy. What? It it makes you comfortable with them to have them around the house. Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea. But Dennis, Dennis wears shoes. Okay. You don't want to see Always wears a suit. Yes. Even in socks, they look like twigs. I think it's really odd. Children, 
like who is that for? A ch- I don't I don't think that really plays. I think it's more it, yeah. it seems perverted. Like a foot fetish. I, I thing. honestly I I we we if I walked into a room and I saw somebody was making their kids watch one of these or read one of these books, I would I would feel like it would be incumbent upon me to grab that child and run and yeah. and then call the police. There's um, so much wrong. Even with worse this. though, if you found this guy reading one of those books, it's the big dog himself, folks. Dennis Prager reading about Otto. And uh, uh, I got, I got nothing. let's just play this. Rough, rough. I'm Otto. My best friend Dennis and I are so excited. Spring has sprung. Up come the flowers. Out comes the sun. We're in such a happy mood. And there's Passover too, said Dennis. Yes, I barked. Passover for Jews and Easter for Christians. Lots of good food for everyone. Otto, Dennis continued, you've probably heard of the Christian Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I know a trinity means something that has three parts, I replied. That's right. Did you know that America has its very own trinity? The American trinity, I almost shouted. Yes, Otto, it's written. Yeah, so he didn't shout. He didn't. He almost shouted. He didn't say, or he just. No, he, he almost, almost shouted. He felt joy it's not clear inside. If he almost shouted. Then. He's, no, but apparently Dennis reads his mind. Is all. Yeah, he's not. On every American coin, liberty, and God we trust, and e pluribus unum. What does that mean? I asked. That's not even English. Well, let's go and find out, said Dennis. So he's a terrible reader. <laughs> And by the way, we have no information as to who wrote this particular book. And it's also hilarious that little Dennis has gray hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. But um, Benjamin Button. It's really like, you know, I I kept thinking about this. Am I going to say this? I'm like, I'm going to say it because like you're you're not. This is not just Dennis Prager reading a book to his kids. This is like these are videos they produce professionally. He's like, hey, I'll read the book to the kid. Have, Have me do it. And he's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I gotta say, I'm you know uh, I got a kid, ten months old. I read to him every night. I'm fucking great. You do different voices. I'm sitting here listening to this, and I never know who's talking because it's like, is it Dennis or Otto? Because they have the the same stupid voice. It's like just a little bit of inflection or something. You're gonna do the dog. Oh, okay, I'm the dog now. Okay, and then I'm Dennis. I talk like fucking Dennis. It's just he doesn't even do that, so I can't follow these conversations because it's the same idiot. And and there's no there's no intonation, there's no pausing, there's no music to it. So he's just like reading words. Oh God, he's bad. Yeah. Like, look, he's, he's got other bad qualities. It's kind of dopey to call this out, but Jesus Christ! I know we can we can do two things at once: criticize his horrible yes. beliefs and yes. actions, and also be like, "You're bad at reading." <laughs> <laughs> Have you read and to I a child? If he wrote this because. I wonder if he wrote this too, because it's, it's, uh, he is, he is, there's a bunch of Prager videos on the American Trinity and that's not a thing. I mean, that's not a thing that's like, yeah, it's really is weird. It a thing? Betsy, you're, you're is that I was going to ask you, <laughs> I've never, he- I've never heard of the American Trinity. I, yeah. I, this I, is, I think have- Prager's thing. I think Prager's trying to turn this, this is his fetch, you know, it's like, it's like, he's trying to make it happen. It's like, stop mm. trying to make American truth. Yeah. Happen. I think he is. There's an American it's Trinity university, happen. but it's probably religious. Yeah. Right? I'm sure it is. Yeah. I know, well, I know like, that is. 
they the weird something really weird is like it feels like a fetish fetishization of Judaism a little bit because mm-hmm. we know they're Christian Christian conservatives so they say okay Christian well, Trinity, probably you're Jewish. Fa- Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. Oh, this makes sense. This makes sense. Well, the way like, the way he tries to like he's like, well, Christianity has a tri- has a Trinity, and you know, Judaism does sort of too. If it's like oh. God, the Torah, and you know, Israel, it's like that's. Not- I know that tri- <laughs> the the Jewish Trinity is the that's not wildest one. Oh, I just I feel like I so much has opened up in my mind yeah. finding out that he's Jewish. Oh, uh, so God, yeah. Torah, and Israel is <laughs> yes. the Jewish Trinity. Okay. Yep. Um, so, so it seems. So uh, they go to the Statue of Liberty, and um, this is what they see. Then, in the distance, we saw a big, crowded ship. I grabbed Dennis's hand and gave it a good grip. The large ferry was full of people with broad smiles on their faces. They were of all different backgrounds, ages, and races. Okay, so the only thing that... They're not in the book. They're all white in the illustration. Well, yeah. The only thing he read... He says uh, they're all racist. ...was Dr. Seuss, because he's just trying to do Dr. Seuss in all these things, right? No, that's not the Seussian cadence. That is not the Seussian cadence. Well, I know. It's not the Seussian cadence. It's his version of the Seussian cadence. You're, you're, he, yeah, he thinks he's doing. Yes, it. he thinks he's doing Dr. Seuss. Absolutely. Does he? Yes, like, absolutely. Yes, he does. <laughs> Josh, you're you're being way too yeah. wiry right now. Now think like a dumb old conservative idiot. And you're. I mean, he may be trying. I'm just saying he's he's failing. Mm-hmm. He's failing. Yeah, for sure, um, failing. Yeah, yeah. So I love this. Uh, they, it's just. Oh, go ahead. It's just European. <laughs> if you're uh, coming to America from Europe, it's a great yeah. experience for you. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which it's weird though. They, 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 they make a point of calling out the fact that they're all different races, and then the illustration is they're all white. I would love to have been there for the editorial discussions about that. They don't have. Um, uh, then they go back to. Uh, yeah. No. Go ahead. What Dave? Nothing. Go. They go back to 1768 and uh, Valley Forge. And this is when it starts to get weird because I'm like, this is a time travel story, right? They're going back in time and they're bumping into all these Mm -hmm. folks. Mm -hmm. Look, Dennis, I said, that's George Washington over there with his hands clasped and eyes closed. It looks like he's in prayer. Dennis asked him, is the legend of your prayer at Valley Forge true replied washington some say it's a myth but i'll share it with you washington went on legend has it that when my troops couldn't take much more i prayed to god to help us win the revolutionary war i asked has god not a weird way to talk about yourself this whole thing is we're from the future wow you're really praying well legend has it this is what i did right now (laughs) It's like, no, are you praying or not? 
but it's also like he, he's like he knows what the legend is. he's like this is now you don't go back into it's 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 crazy it's like it's like you don't go to sarah connor and she's like yes i will be saved by the terminator and you will impregnate me with john connor she's like what the fuck's going on you know what i mean this is bad time travel writing been important since america's start yes said washington faith in god has always played a big part Okay, whatever. Okay, so that that's what they're trying to get across. Yeah, there, that's right? what they that's want to get across. Angel. Yeah. Faith in God was it. was has been part of our country the whole time. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> um. So now, for some reason, this is weird. They sort of go to the well. They don't. They go to two thousand and two. And I was thinking about this because this video was produced in twenty twenty two. They come across a bunch of people who are all being sworn in as citizens. Now they are racially diverse. Uh, and, and, but it's 20, 2002 instead of 2022. This is still happening today. Why, why do you think, why are they going to 2002 to show a bunch of immigrants coming here and being sworn in instead of just going back to today? To 9-11. Is, what, what does 9-11 have to do with immigrants? Well, post 9-11, we're still good. We we still we still no. even though they they the brown people did that to us we still invite them all in. We haven't stopped. And I don't. It, yeah. And these in this video, these look look at all of these black and brown people who love America yeah. and who have confessed right. their love and have made the pledge and are so dedicated to our country. This is how you can be a good immigrant, as opposed to anyone else. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. My my sense of it, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that they don't want to go to 2022 because they want to trade in this iconography of all these people being sworn in as Americans, but they don't want them doing it anymore today. You know what I mean? They don't want to show all these people happily coming over here and being good citizens in 2022 because that's a thing they're against. Does that make sense, or am I? Because I can't come up with any reason to make it 2002. 2002 is for all intents and purposes 2022. It could just be because they're stuck in the time travel situation. I guess. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So they all take the oath and uh, now they're racially diverse. I'm proud to be an American. We heard one of them proclaim. Another said, it doesn't matter where you are from or what you believe. If you love freedom and obey the laws, U.S. citizenship, you can receive. Moved by the sight, Dennis began to speak. He observed, that's one of the things that makes America so unique. You idiot. What? You can't. This makes me crazy. You can't be. By the way, and it messes up. You could. You could do this with a meter and it still works. You can't be so unique. You're either unique or you're not. That's it. That's all. You're either one of a kind or you're not. That's one of the things that makes America unique. Period. End of story. You illiterate. Sorry. This stuff bug this is one of the, just it's hard. Because he presents himself as this learned man. Uh, and this is a kid's book, too. If you're like it's 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 one thing if you're doing, you know, slang and colloquialisms, but like if you write a book for kids. You know, you got am I, am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong, Betsy. You would want it to be grammatically correct. Oh, absolutely. It's really Feel free to tell confusing. me I'm insane. It's all right. No, I mean, you're, you're insane, but you're, <laughs> you're a writer. 
So you understand the importance of language and using correct things, yes. especially when you're trying to teach children how yes. to write their own books. Yes. You want to teach children how to write their own things and tell their own stories. You do aim to be grammatically correct. Anyway, so uh, then it sums it all up. This story happens to be my favorite to share with friends like you. It's not a story. The American Trinity is a it's not exactly. In God we trust, liberty and e pluribus unum from many one are some of the most important ideas and values we can all learn from and live by. These ideas, which became our mottos, are also found on almost every coin and bill in America. Okay, let's start with... Uh, E e purpose unum, out of many one. Which fucking part of America is that? The most, since the beginning, divided country. Was that in the slavery days? Was that when women couldn't vote? Like, when was the out of many one? It's the most, it's the dumbest shit. Yes, we wrote it on some stuff. That's all it is, because there's absolutely no out of many one in this fucking country anywhere. If anything, it's out of many too big. This isn't working. Liberty. Yeah, it's but it's it's on the coin. It's on the coin. You know, it's on the it's coin. It's on the coin. And you know how often we use coins yeah, in this country. We love our coins. <laughs> <laughs> We're coin country. <laughs> Liberty. Uh, Think about the people who apply liberty to this country are so fucking unread and simplistic. It's from the beginning until now, right? You have slaves. Oh, we still have slaves? Yeah, it's still in the Constitution. It's called the 13th Amendment. If you're in prison, you can be a slave. Yes, we still have slaves. Uh, And then, you know, you don't go into uh, uh, wage slavery and everything else. It's there's there's. Can you have liberty if your fucking health insurance is tied to your employer? Like, no. what the fuck are you people talking about? It's it's just so goddamn dumb. So these are just mean things. And the last one is in God we trust. No, we don't. I don't fucking care. You So you made up some sky god. I don't fucking give a shit. It's not the 1200s. Fuck off. I don't trust in God. It's the, it, uh, this whole thing he's got here is just, it's crazy. And to him, they're the most important things in to make America great. And it's just a pile of shit. America, Trinity. It's really dumb. And you're right. He's the, I, I tried to find it anywhere else online. He's the only guy doing this. Nobody else cares. At some point when you're trying an idea and you've been banging at it for 15 fucking years and no one is catching on, let it yeah. go. Old man, <laughs> walk away. This isn't a thing. Uh. Yeah, stop trying to make it a thing. <laughs> and if, like, he had to, here's the thing. He had to travel back in time in order to demonstrate an example of liberty, an example <laughs> of God, yeah. an example of American unity. And it's like, sorry, but if it's that much of a stretch to say that that is what our country stands for and it's always stood for, I don't think it's a good argument. If you can't. Yeah. Tell the story without traveling back to George Washington praying before battle, according to legend. That's not as pretty. That's not a solid argument. That's not a solid American Trinity. Like, 
Keep trying. Yeah, keep trying. Those yeah. three, are, they're not. I'm, I'm still hung up on the fact that George Washington knows how he's perceived in the future. That's of like, course he. It's uh, Merlin in the Once and Future King. You guys ever uh, where, <laughs> yeah. where he actually lived right he lived backwards in time? Remember? Yeah. So he knew everything that was coming. So Washington's like, oh yeah, I knew you were coming. Well, it's just like, are the founding fathers God? Well, I mean, they're on the same level as God to these people. They, you know, it's one of the, our biggest problems is that, you know, we had these really flawed people coming up with this way we should live and it's failing miserably. But these people act, they do act like they're gods, these Prager types. Oh, do you think it, it drives Dennis crazy every time he sees some Jamoke walking by in a God's Guns and Beer t-shirt? Because that was the first place I went to when I was thinking American Trinity. That's like <laughs> God's Guns and Beer. Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows that. That's the <laughs> real one. Pluribus unum. That's the what? The real that's, one. That's the real American Trinity. Yeah, it is. Exactly God's, right. Like, guns and Beer. God, oh, gods. Yeah, multiple gods. I like that, too. <laughs> So um, let's get away from Dennis Prager. He's a terrible person. Let's go to let's go to really the lovely, the wonderful, the uh, morally unimpeachable Candace Owens. Um, more, more girl we've, power. We've discussed more her. Girl power. That's right. We've discussed her in a previous episode, and 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 I'm feeling dipped in shit enough without having to go back into her. But and awful, just, awful, and, awful. Person. And just to yeah. note, just to note, yep. Candace Owens is not wearing shoes. She's wearing colorful right. socks for some mm-hmm. reason. Okay? Don't worry about it. Yep. Yep. And she's doing a thing on the national anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance. Rough, rough. Dennis and I are going on another big adventure. It's time we learn about patriotism and why we love our country, the United States of America. I'm 12 years old. I'm like, yeah, you go. I can't wait to hear this. Well, that's a, that's a setup. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? I love that collective. We, why we love our country. Yeah. That's an assumption. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the stuff that I was in. Like, I, you know, it was really funny. A couple of years ago, I bonded with a friend of mine. We had this conversation. We both realized that when we were about 10 or 11, we were both obsessed with the time life book of sharks. And both of us could practically recite the details of chapter two, which was like in the midst of all this sort of science and everything. Chapter two is this grueling description of a guy who almost got eaten by a shark. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like that's what kids that's what are kids into. Are I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> We're going to talk to you about patriotism. I'm like, hey, you got anything about a guy getting eaten by a shark? Because this is not. <laughs> you know, they have. They still oh, yeah. have to. Was- they still have to stand for the pledge of allegiance and do the thing in the morning. And the other day, Finn was like, some, some do. Yeah. The other day, Finn was like, uh, you know, some. Jeff doesn't do that. And I was like, Jeff doesn't stand up. And he goes, no. I go, good for him. What a great kid. Yeah, what a kid. I go, do you ever ask him why? He goes, no. I go, you should ask him why. Figure it out. That kid's awesome. Yeah. That's a good thing. It's just time. such a creepy thing to do to children. It I is. I still do it. It's like. Yeah. It, it, you know, I don't, I don't think they do this in other countries. Um as much as we do, I think they do in Australia, but you know that's expected. But um, but they do in North Korea. That was sort of yeah. I think they don't do it in like a probably a lot of European countries and whatnot. It's we are very uniquely you know very very into the flag. To uh, it's really creepy. Like we should probably yeah. go see a counselor. <laughs> yeah, seek <laughs> seek help. Um, the the pledge in California. It's 
it is part of like a regular routine, but it's really not enforced yeah. in any way. So if a, te- if a teacher in a classroom doesn't want to do the pledge daily, they don't. Um, if there's like school-wide assemblies, sometimes there'll be a pledge. Or if there's like a, a sports game, sometimes they'll play the, the national anthem to mimic basically mm-hmm. a baseball game or, you know, uh, major league. But I- in places like Texas... Not only do they have to do the national pledge, but they have the Texas sure. pledge, which, which uh, um, sure. is definitely required. Yeah. And and so this is where we see like every state. Not guns and their- beer, actually, I believe. Isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. that the- <laughs> I, I'm okay I cannot that. say this enough. If you are listening, stop standing up for the for the any American whatever. You're at a sporting event and they play the. They play the national stop standing up and they'll stop fucking playing it. Because if, if, if every leftist was, was sitting down, Mm -hmm. they would lose their minds. And the only answer they have is to stop playing it. Just sit the fuck down. Yeah. It's not just just leftists, man. There's more. Well, but you know, leftists especially aren't going to, but you know, there's a lot of people. If you, if you think it's dumb, just sit there and let them deal with the, let them deal with it. And they can fucking handle their little, shit fit any way they want but they will in the end stop playing the goddamn things and they'll stop doing the pledge of allegiance because yeah. if a lot of people are sitting down it's humiliation for them they're going to stop it and that's what we need is that to stop yeah you can just play on your phone for yeah. like a minute and a yeah. half and you're good i haven't said i haven't so, stood uh, for the pledge of allegiance you know the last time i stood for the not the pledge of allegiance for no. the national anthem national i was in college mm-hmm. in uc santa barbara it was a sold out basketball game we were about to go into iraq the first the kuwait the first gulf war and everyone stood up and when the pledge when the fucking national anthem ended everyone started chanting usa usa and it was just me and a and a a, 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 a woman student also sitting there and we just looked at each other and shook our heads and I was like I'm never standing up again for this fucking shit ever again I never did good yeah and, and I think that this video and the fact that Candace Owen is reading this book is is intentional like with Colin Kaepernick yes. kneeling and oh, and call, just yeah. and like Black Lives Matter demonstrating like hey don't stand up for the pledge don't do this like or the na- national yeah. anthem. And then, oh, look, they found a black woman mm-hmm. who would read this yep. yeah. about the importance of, of standing for the national anthem and the pledge. Yep. It's not yeah. racist because we have a, a person of color That's communicating right. this message. So uh, little Dennis and Otto, for some reason, yeah, they go back to the 50s um, and uh, find themselves a bunch of school kids. They had to go back to the 50s to show <laughs> this. Yeah, they did. <laughs> what That is such a classic, like, old white guy thing to tell your grandkids. Back in my day, yeah, we my all day. stood for the pledge. And then they were just like, yeah, just put that in a book. Perfect. Yeah. No notes. Everyone, everyone knows it was the 70s that were best anyway. In their chairs, they looked up at the teacher with soft, quiet stares. Time to say the pledge. The teacher did start. The students stood up and put their hands on their hearts. I pledge allegiance, they all together did say. Dennis, I asked, do they do this every day? Yes, Dennis said with his hand on his heart. It is how every day at school should start. President Dwight Eisenhower's picture hung on the wall. Who's that? I whispered. 
in a voice oh so small. That's the current president, Dennis answered with a smile. He added, under God, to the pledge we've said this whole while. That's pretty important, I whispered back to my friend. So is liberty and justice for all, like we say at the end. They went to their class. Okay, again, I whispered in a voice so small. You, you, just one will do. It's like saying I shouted in a voice so loud. It's like we got you the first time. Writers of these things are terrible. They're, they're, they're like, terrible writers. They're like, how can we convey that you're a very small, tiny child? <laughs> we get it. Yeah, we get it. It's so bad. But I'm, I'm more interested in, in what happens next because Otto goes home and, and then he's, he's had this epiphany. Well, I never knew how much I loved our national anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes, said Dennis. Our flag with its red, white, and blue stars and stripes is more than just a piece of cloth. It represents our country. And that's why we stand for it when we sing the national anthem and say the pledge, I replied. We don't say the pledge because America is a perfect place, Dennis explained. We say the pledge because America is a good place and because it is our place. And we can make it even better, I barked. We've been doing that since 1776. God bless America, shouted Dennis. God bless America. Ruff, ruff. Okay, that's my favorite line. <clears throat> God bless America. Ruff, ruff. Ruff, ruff. <laughs> oh, but if the dog said it, it must be true. The obsession with yeah, the flag in this country is so embarrassing. It's just so, you know, I mean, you what know. it is, it's just this, like, try, they're trying to inculcate these kids into this just kind of, that's why I keep thinking of like, you know, I don't know what life is really like in North Korea. We have this kind of cartoonish sense. Could be true, but it just, it feels like what we mock North yeah, Korea for all 100%. the time. 100%. And that's what they're, they're trying to create that same degree of just like blatantly ridiculous sentimentalized propaganda for children. Ugh. Yeah. And again, this, this book boring boring very boring well let's it's, let's to which i want to say let's hang on check this out the end that was a great adventure no that was a great no, adventure that wasn't a great adventure that was a great adventure <laughs> just like the last one was a great story these are great fun stories and adventures <laughs> you ever you ever read wrinkle in time wrinkle in time's a great adventure man huckleberry did you not hear adventure. the no, thing I'm about a, the flag all the wild moby dick is a great adventure we went back to the 50s and watched a bunch of people do the pledge of allegiance that's not even an adventure let alone a great oh. one. Oh, we have time travel this is what we fucking yeah do, if it? i could travel in time i would go back me? every year and hear the pledge of allegiance <sighs> we have a yeah. time machine yeah what's i i gotta go 10 million things I'm going to do with a time machine yeah. before I travel back to the 50s to watch children do the I would look at all the flags. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> travel back in time and look at every flag every year. I would kill baby Hitler. Dave. No. That would be a great No. Thing. Get a yeah. flag watching. There's a whole program for time travel. You can look at all the different flags, the versions. It's pretty great. It was a great <laughs> adventure. Great adventure. I, I I would say the greatest adventure, if I'm actually <laughs> defining this. <laughs> uh, oh my 
God. These are relentlessly stupid uh-huh. people. I don't think they're serious. I think that they are just grifters. This, this type of conservative. But the reaching people, they're, yeah. they're reaching their, yeah. the, the reach on these things. Again, we don't know for sure with the kids' videos, but with the rest of the stuff they're doing, the reach is horrifying. The amount of mm-hmm. money they're making from these things is astonishing. Yeah. And the amount of money that's being pumped into them by fiends with political agendas, especially anti-climate change yep. you know, propagandists, mm-hmm. is, is astonishing. So it's like... <sighs> the big thing about climate change is... The more it becomes obvious that climate change is happening, the more the climate change uh, fossil fuel companies have to invest in more uh, outlandish, hysterical nonsense because that that goes along with not believing in reality anymore. So, so they they fund. It's not even misinformation. They fund hysterical misinformation. They fund a, a level of misinformation that is baffling. So tons of this money that's coming in to make things like PragerU is really pushed by people who just don't want fossil fuels to go away. But at the same time, they are completely undermining everything and, and uh, on a level that hasn't been seen before because the that's the only way they can survive is to take a we segment of the population and make them just spectacular idiots. Yeah. it's And I think something that gives me a lot of hope is that the children that I spend time with at, at work and like my friends who have children – like climate change is very obvious and is kind of like, if you talk to anyone who, you know, and I don't recommend this if you don't know, like someone who's in high school or middle school, like don't find a random person. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> but if you talk to, you know, like just to be clear, um, like if you talk to any young person, they're extremely aware of climate mm-hmm. change. They have lots of beliefs about what we should be mm-hmm. doing. And there's lots of like, very radical young people. And so I see these like investing in this type of video is like a desperate attempt to try and disperse some of that energy. And I think it's luckily, you know, best case scenario, this money just goes into this project and it's just wasted. Yeah. Um, Because I think for the most part, young people, they get it because they're living it Mm -hmm. and they're seeing it. And it's not even gotten as bad as it's going to get. Like, so I think it's really, it's really good that it's a good sign that they're throwing money at this horrible thing because they're, they're, they're afraid. Um, I don't think it is like a real threat to any, any, you know, Chevron or shell or anything like that. I don't think it's like a real threat uh, yet, but It it, it is clear that there's, it will be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not there you know, yet. The, boom, the boomers are dying and the old people are dying, and they're really the ones that are holding up any sort of climate change solutions. But, you know, everyone should know that the kids are on board, and the longer you wait, the more brutal their reaction is going to be, the more radical and swift mm-hmm. their reaction will be to stop climate change. So you can soft step all you want. I ain't gonna how I ain't gonna be at how it fucking happens if you still have democracy. They're gonna fucking come down you so fucking hard, so fucking hard. Yeah, or just wait for you to die. As a you know, I think about Prager you this whole 
situation, this whole whatever production company, whatever it is. Propaganda media, company. It's company, propaganda. Propaganda Media company. empire. Like what happens when Dennis dies? Yeah. Oh, they keep going. I mean, they've got they've got their stars, and um, you know, I think they'll keep chugging along, and he'll he'll they'll martyr him. Uh, they still they some of them, you know, some of the younger hosts talk about him in these kind of messianic terms. You know, mm. imagine that I was a leftist until I listened to a Dennis Prager video. Like, you, know, you were you were one of the dumber ones. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. He's got a uh, gate yeah. and then but a long driveway. Of climate change denying. He's got a gate and then a long driveway. <laughs> And the house is sort of back away from the gate. Where the gate looks room? easily jumpable. <laughs> Why wouldn't you put your house in a trust? What do you, how fucking dumb are you, star guy? Like, you put it in a fucking trust if you're a rich guy. That if, if you're doing political does, videos like this, does he have fifty other houses? No, he just lives in that one. Two and a half in L.A. and yeah, northern northern L.A. County, outside of L.A. northern L.A. County. So while Dave continues to examine Dennis Prager's interesting real estate choices. Uh, we are going to wrap this one up. We want to thank Betsy Long for joining us. Uh, if you want to stick around for the bonus content, we are going to be discussing, uh, in fact, it's not a kid's video. This one is one for ostensibly adults. Uh, we're going to be discussing school choice. Um, and if you want to get that bonus content, you go now to levernews.com audit, um, and become a subscriber to the lever. Uh, which will give you access to our bonus content as well as the Lever's Premium podcast feed, uh, extended interviews, and all kinds of special bonus content. Uh, remember, you can also make one-time contributions to our tip jar. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the at the Audit Podcast and email us at theauditpodcast.gmail.com. And remember, if you have insane Prager videos, uh, for us, because there's no way we could possibly have watched all of them. Please feel free to send them to us. We love them. We'll be back next week uh, with PragerU's take on the Founding Fathers. Good morning, class. Good morning, Professor Gender Neutral Today we're learning all about socialism, deviant sex, and devil worship. Yay! And how cool it is. Hail Satan! But I want to learn about Jesus! Timmy, science fiction is next week. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Good news, class. Bill Gates is here to give everyone free vaccine. Science is a commie plot. Our professors can't be bought. All textbooks are Soros free at Prager University. My pronouns are he and him. No more guilt, no more blame, no more hetero white male shame, no apes on your family tree at Prager University. Hail Satan! We want to thank our incredible 
support team. Uh, Brian Ciano, our free floating agent of chaos, a.k.a. research guy. And also Colin McCoy, who does all of our music. You can also find him. He out there in music world. He is known as Diesel Boots. 